I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. And thank you to patrons including, but not limited to, David Whitney, Paul Davison, Andrew Walker, David Morris, Mike Harris, Miles Clunnell, and many others who are supporting us directly. And you can join them and get access to our full-length ad-free show every week and our Patreon-exclusive weekly sister show, Extra Message, by going to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. And this week we had a great extra message, had some good feedback on it about what's involved for a journalist going to a show like Mobile World Congress. It follows two weeks of programming about the potential and ultimately inevitable demise of this year's show. And I thought it might be a good opportunity to say what actually happens. Why do we go to those sorts of events? What is important to a journalist at a show like that? Um, How has that changed over the years? All that So that's all out now on the Patreon feed for anybody who wants to access it. Patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Let's dive into the news. And Ofcom is writing to broadband companies to ask why some people are having to pay to keep old email addresses. This is according to a BBC write-up this weekend. The Beeb wrote that TalkTalk charges £5 a month and BT charges £7.50 a month if customers switch providers but want to keep using their email addresses as before. Virgin deletes those it gives to customers 90 days after they leave Uh, whereas Sky lets people keep theirs for free. Ofcom told Radio 4's Moneybox it could see no reason for what one customer called basically daylight robbery. The BBC website cited the Moneybox programme that reported on one customer who's paid £260 to keep an old address during the three years they'd left BT. Now, Ian, I, I fully, fully agree that this is an outrageous charge shouldn't be taking place but more to the point why do people use email addresses given to them by their isps well i don't know nate and also what i don't know is i'm pretty sure that for at least for a period of time bt was using yahoo mail yes it was you're right the world's most insecure email I, i believe it's probably fair to say i think people probably use isp email because it's easy and as kv in our chat room listening live with us right now hello to you uh he says convenience uh i remember one of my parents did back in the 90s and it's hard to move over and i'm sure that that is the case for a very very many people the question would be of course why would this still be the case when there are so many free alternatives and i suppose isps are just reluctant to to perhaps stop charging people for something that they're (laughs) happily paying well okay so i mean i would imagine there is no way that any of these companies is using its own email servers. Uh, it's too much of a problem. I, I, I can only imagine that it's uh, it's a third party. It, so it, either it's provided by a company like Gmail or Yahoo. I don't think it matters. I think the point is that uh, that that, you're, that somebody's being charged £7.50 a month to access an email account. £7.50, that's more than you pay, I think, for a 
professional Google email. Yeah, no, but it does matter because if they're just using Gmail as the back end, then it's a real, it's a urine take. It's uh, taking the urine. Taking taking the liquid waste, yes. Yeah. I think it's good that Ofcom's looking into this because it's a ridiculous uh, situation. No one should be paying for email that if it's provided by an isp can only be described as basic if you want to pay for advanced email with great storage and a whole bunch of other features that makes perfect sense i think that's a legitimate thing to pay for but isp email is usually very basic pop or smtp powered no fancy features and you probably just either use it through the web or plug it into outlook or something yeah but there are so many alternatives like what if you're going to plug it into outlook why wouldn't you just use an outlook email address and then you can have that forever i think a a big problem with this is that email has now become so important to a massively uh well let's let's not beat around the bush it's basically an essential tool to live in the modern world uh much like a phone number and could you imagine if uh if if ee tried to charge you to keep your phone number when you left and said you either have to pay us five pounds fifty a month even though you're now being you know you're served by another company or lose the number entirely i mean it just would never happen so i can only assume this will end in the same way and if it doesn't then it should yeah, I mean that's exactly it. I I, I don't believe it's justifiable. I um <clears throat> I, I can see some aspects to um them needing to if it, if say for example they just if, when you leave they just switched it to a forwarding address, so it forwards to your new ad- account. I could see them maybe making a, a one-off charge or something to let you keep that email address um, and have it forward on. on. Which would make sense. But of course, they do probably want to free up email addresses as well because they're but, at Virgin Media or at BT Internet or whatever. They, you know, they, they might want to keep... Because the problem with Gmail is you will not get your name more than likely in Gmail without several letters after it. So, um, yeah, it might be nice for people to have at, you know, ian.morris at virginmedia.com or whatever, uh, rather than ian.morris9768545 at gmail.com. Do you know how easy it is to run a mail server? It is... So cheap. And if you are yes. just providing a forwarding capacity, really, that is just inexcusable no, to I, charge I, for I, something I, as basic as that. I agree. But if it, in terms of forwarding on, it's not without some sort of administrative cost. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not talking hundreds of pounds here when, when I suggest this. I'm saying, well, OK, maybe for a fiver, you know, you get a lifetime of that forwarding on um, and maybe you can't email back from it. But you can keep it as so all the emails come in, and then when you reply to someone, they'll get your new email address. I really, I wouldn't have a problem with a, a small charge for something like that. Obviously, I'd rather people weren't using ISP email accounts anyway. I just think it's stupid. You want something that's going to go with you. If not everyone is capable of setting up a domain name and forwarding that, but at the same time, there are plenty of companies out there that will offer services that are very similar to that, that are probably very easy to use, and that don't require a subscription in order to continue to access and that's the key thing if you buy an iphone you you offered an iCloud account sign up yeah. if you buy an android you're offered a google account if you're on samsung like it doesn't matter where you're signing up for these things because none of those things are are bound to a subscription yeah. for, a, for for basic 
service. So that's the way it should be. I don't think ISPs should be giving out email addresses at all. And if they are, then it should at least be through a third party that's not directly connected to your subscription. Anyway, I looked up some other examples of this because I wanted to see uh, if there was a consensus outside of the world of ISPs. And the two things that I stumbled across was one, university email accounts. Ah, because right. a lot of students get those and have to use those and because their lecturers will you know, send stuff to it. And it may well be that you want to keep hold of that. Um, certainly in the first page of Google when I searched for uh, whether this was possible, the answer was pretty clearly no. Sheffield University, uh, University of Manchester, University of Sussex, they all say email is dead after you graduate. Um, no questions asked. I saw similar on some other university websites as well. The other one is work email because I have a very mixed relationship with corporate email and personal email because I sort of feel that my email is my email and my contacts are my contacts. They're not an employer's contacts as such. And uh, while your internal messaging should always be, you know, you should always feel you should do that through your internal system because it's probably part of your contract. I also think that... Um, you should probably not want to be using your company email, even if you've been there for a while, for anything personal, for exactly this reason as well. If you leave your company, you're certainly not going to get to keep your email address. And why should you? No, absolutely not. I mean, that's completely different, though, isn't it? It is completely different. I was just trying to think of some comparisons where you might be given an email address, use it, and then feel like you had some entitlement entitlement to it when you left i think the fees associated with university education you probably should be able to keep an email address you know um but your employer no and your isp should probably not exist in the first place i don't have any personal communication at all on my work email address you don't know it no one knows it i only use no. it for work and i think that's a that's a better way of doing it because i don't want to you know get to the end of my time where you know whenever that might be and think oh there's probably some emails in here i'd like to keep uh, because obviously the company that i work for um is really not keen on people taking emails from them so i wouldn't be able to pangolin sandwich in our chat room also says that normal people i like that normal people don't understand the difference between gmail or bt internet address and uh, she registers clients at work all the time with emails like those Mm. I suppose that's yeah. right. Maybe, maybe we're maybe this is the metropolitan elite talking, and then actually, the the, the people outside of uh, the M25 just don't give a damn. The manager of a Victorian sweet shop in Guernsey has stepped down from her position following a dispute over efforts to put barcodes on the shop's wares. This is according to a BBC writer. Elizabeth Lihu, Lihu, who's run the shop for a decade, reportedly, said everyone she'd given the news to, including visitors and the shop's volunteers, quote, felt the same. This is one of the few old places in town where visitors can see how Guernsey was she added. Now, the National Trust for the area said it needed to close the shop in order to modernise it. And the BBC quoted one of the Trust's executive team as saying, the simple fact is we do need to control our stock to know what we're selling and what we're banking. Now, I looked this place up on TripAdvisor, Ian, and it's got 
4.5 stars. It's quite the destination. One review dated in November said it's, quote, staff were friendly and happy to talk about how this little gem managed to be preserved in an otherwise modern world. Depending on your age, the parlour will either bring back memories of your grand's house or give you an idea of what your great-grand's house may have been like. I'm not sure the distinction between grand's house or great-grand's house. Um, Both were probably pre-war abodes um i wanted to find out what this shop sold some reviewers had posted photos and i saw things like boiled sweets dolly mixture ian dolly mixture oh yes Uh, and everything everything apparently was sold in paper bags weighed out on an actual pair of mechanical weighing scales some people had commented on items on display that weren't for sale um and they they dated back to the 1960s i saw brasso as an example for polishing uh you know the copper teapot in your anderson shelter or something in fact brasso was a product my old friend david shaw used to regularly sing about uh in our in our school shine your buttons with brasso if memory serves i think that was a thing good old david shaw yeah you are listening to the shaw cast uh, anyway a woman named elizabeth and titled as a manager of the uh, of the shop is pretty prolific in her responses to seemingly every comment that i found on the TripAdvisor page in one reply she said that the grocery shop had been trading since 1760 presumably she hadn't been the manager for all of that time and a commenter said that the basement smelt of damp and Elizabeth replied that that's because the ground floor contains ship's timber from the 1600s that can smell a bit in wet weather. Um, now, when I started researching this story, my first thought was, let's have some fun with a Luddite comment about barcodes. And then I wrote a section, a little paragraph that said, presumably people don't complain that you can no longer catch typhoid in the local woolen mill or have a tooth ripped out of your head but you know with pliers by a local blacksmith which did used to happen um but i ended up by the end of writing this um kind of agreeing with her did you I actually, uh, yeah i actually think it is a massive shame that this stuff's all gonna have to get barcoded because that is a gateway into accepting apple pay i don't believe that bonbons should ever be paid for with contactless cards oh what are you talking about I don't think Dolly Mixture should be sold in anything but a paper bag. And I certainly don't... No, that's fine. No one's saying you can't have them in a paper bag. Yeah. I think she's on the money, literally and figuratively. I think think it is a shame. If this place really has existed for this long, it's a tourist attraction. In this way, people want to walk in and apparently really do enjoy going in and seeing a shop how it used to be. It's, it's It's like an episode of Game of Thrones I've heard so much about where... Daenerys had a is that her name the woman the dragon yeah, thing yeah um she had a the mother a, of dragons a, had had a, a, a cup a Starbucks cup in the shot and they digitally painted it out in the on-demand versions and the released versions yeah seeing a Starbucks mug in Game of Thrones breaks the illusion that you are in a horrifically um unpleasant world surrounded by <laughs> ne'er-do-wells and crooks and then similarly if you go into a a shop for your local dolly mix, your dolly mixture and brasso you shouldn't be offered to pay for it with apple pay i'm totally with her oh i'm sorry i just don't i don't agree with this at all i you know i mean i, I i'm all for cash we've talked about this before I, I don't believe in a cashless society i don't want one um but resisting barcodes to do stock management just seems very silly to me it's it's a 
it's a useful way of keeping track of um, potential losses through theft. Um, it's a good way of doing inventory management and uh, seeing what products are selling well and what aren't and you know rather than relying on the, the, the store manager to provide that information if it's part of a wider operation which it is because it's part of what is it the national trust or something it, like it that it is part of the national um, trust yes <clears throat> yeah so i i actually um i don't i don't have a problem with the barcodes i'm sure it could be done in a tasteful way for example if you wanted to buy a quarter of um uh, bonbons Lemon sherbet, say, you know, there could be a barcode on the bottom of the glass jar that contains the the things that you give a quick scan to, uh, and then you know tap in the quantity or or have a yeah. Well, you could tap it in because let's be honest, I don't want an electric s- scale. I get that, um, that's fine. But you know, I, I don't I don't see what the problem is. It just keeps things accountable, if you will. Are you telling me that the only way to 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 effectively manage stock is to digitize everything? No, I'm saying that uh, we used to do stock management on paper and people found it easier when you involved computers. So, you know, it's a probably ultimately a labor saving thing. I can see that she doesn't want, you know, barcodes and, you know, printed out price tags and big yellow stickers everywhere. That's absolutely fine. But there is even if it was a sheet of laminated paper that she kept under the desk and you know scanned when someone bought something or whatever i don't know it just the whole thing just seems a bit pointless i think it's a shame that she voted with her employment and resigned over this i think that it might be a little bit extreme and i do think that there's a when i was looking through the reviews on the TripAdvisor page many 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 people commented on the knowledge and uh, and and kindness of the woman in question, which was, to my eyes, very obviously this woman. So it, it's a shame that visitors may miss out on her knowledge. And, and actually, she perhaps was the best thing about this shop rather than the lack of barcoding. But I still think it's 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 a tech story because this is this is big barcode once again, ruining the fun of the nostalgic. <laughs> We've become a bit Ofcom heavy this week and last week actually, uh, but it is that time of the year. I don't know what the time of the year is. February, I suppose. Uh, but this time, Ofcom. I need to refer. <laughs> yeah, Ofcomuary. This time, though, I need to refer to a register write-up that said this week that Ofcom has published results of its latest spectrum measurement tests, which tracked electromagnetic field emissions at 16 of the busiest 5G sites. The register wrote that the regulator didn't find any evidence of a new Chernobyl poised to wipe out humanity, and instead it found emissions that were a minute fraction of the globally recognized dangerous levels. The maximum measured at any of the test sites was 1.5% of the level set by the International Commission of Non-Ionizing Radiation Protection. Now, I spent about an hour researching what that 1%, 1.5% was, and it does seem that everybody parrots each other and just says that it's 1.5% of the level set. So my conclusion within an hour of research is that 100% would be 
bloody awful and a health risk. Uh, 1.5% is the maximum it ever got to and thus not a health risk. But I am going to look into that because I want to be able to write about what that 100% is. Anyway, the register, which is wonderfully opinionated uh, and did incidentally illustrate this story with a photograph of a man at last year's Mobile World Congress, ironically wearing a breathing mask and a sign that said 5G was murderous. Although the real irony, Ian, in my opinion, I suppose, is that it's impossible to inhale 5G, as the gentleman appears to be suggesting, but the very breathing mask would have been legitimately useful if MWC had gone ahead this year amid concerns of coronavirus. Maybe he was just ahead of his time and confused radiation with airborne particulates. Who knows? Not me. But anyway, as I said, I looked up the original research published by Ofcom, and the regulator went to sites around the nation from up in Edinburgh uh glasgow it went past liverpool manchester down to london bristol cardiff birmingham um but i picked waterloo station in london one of the sites ofcom tested that uh, the ian and i regularly pass through mm. and ofcom was actually measuring everything between 700 megahertz and up to more than four gigahertz so that covers everything from 2g to 5g uh, and that was done on the 6th of february this year in a few locations at the station and this is something ofcom has been doing for years it's just now obviously that extends into the 5g ranges and it's uh, and in waterloo specifically which is a very 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 busy station it um no result exceeded a measurement um of uh, of 0.4 percent of what uh, is recognized as the by the icnirp as acceptable so extremely extremely low despite the need for many antennas to be there to cover such a wide range of um, of people so i like to think that we're only moderately biased in favor of scientific evidence and so far <laughs> all i've seen is scientific evidence that it's good to be testing all of these things on a very regular basis but so far nothing has proven out to be uh sort of justifiable for for hysteria yes but that won't stop the hysteria will it no, I mean, I read a story about a gentleman today, very sad, who tried, who created his own steam-powered rocket um, and, and died during it, but he was trying to prove that the Earth was flat. Oh, dear. Which I find, it's sad on t- on so many levels. Um, but nonetheless, the, the debaters will still go. I, I should clarify to the gentleman, who I'm sure is listening, who was standing outside MWC last year wearing a gas mask, that you cannot inhale 5G. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I from some perspective, I can sort of see the point of that because if it, if he genuinely believes that it's like ionizing radiation, um, then in the case, you know, if then he would believe presumably that the dirt would have uh, picked up all that ionizing radiation, and then when you walk through dirt, you would kick up a cloud of, you know, uh, radioactive dirt. Which it, which it, and if you were going to somewhere, you know, like Chernobyl or something, or you know, uh, somewhere that had had a, a, a nuclear fallout incident, then you would wear a a mask. You probably wouldn't wear a cheap cotton one. You'd probably wear a proper gas mask. So, but, so, you're, you know, so you're saying so the so the radiation absorbed by a piece of dust being mm. inhaled could pose a threat risk. I mean, that must have a concentration close to homeopathy, which is and let's be fair to homeopaths, absolute bollocks. Uh, uh, no, um, but what I'm saying, I'm 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 trying to contextualize his decisions in the world that he lives in. So I'm not trying to say he's right. I'm saying that if he believes that 5G is actually radioactive, then that's a precaution that you could see how he arrived at making it because he's trying to protect his lungs from inhaling the 5G 
uh, subsumed Earth. I- I'm not Luke- saying he's right. I'm saying he's a crackpot. But Luke, uh, Luke in our chat room quite rightly points out that asbestos can be quite damaging with a single strand, and oh, I yeah. and I 100% agree. However, he was wearing a sign that 5G was murderous. He didn't yes. see it fit to mention asbestos. If he had have, I'd have said, fair <laughs> enough. But also, why are you at a mobile trade show? Why not be at the asbestos convention? I mean, obviously there isn't one because everyone knows asbestos is bad, but there is a construction uh, expo or a, there's a concrete expo in, C- uh, in Vegas yeah, I it's mean, the they second biggest, least, I think. I think part of the confusion is that it had the it had it had a a bias within its name. They should call it as Worstos, and then at least people would have stopped <laughs> using it. <laughs> yes, that's um, that's pretty good. So anyway, there's no problem with five G. It's all safe. Everyone's happy. And I just want to step in and say here, I am not saying that five G hasn't got the potential to be harmful i'm saying that i've of all the scientific analysis and evidence that i have seen and read about i haven't seen anything that's concluded anywhere near close to it being even bothering worth thinking about no i mean i think the the dynamics of these things are well understood we're being bombarded with worse than this from the sun all the time it's a terrible newspaper right (laughs) If you have any thoughts on this, do send them via electronic mail, which you can do. But not over 5G. We'll be only using wired connections to read them. You can't see, but I am wearing a gas mask. It's just a very porous one that allows my voice and opinions to penetrate it. And I'm sitting in a Faraday cage. And you can email us within our respective protective measures using hello at uktechshow.com. You're used to hearing the smooth, velvet sound of Nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup, topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an Ian Morris opinion. Supporters of the show at patreon.com forward slash UK tech enjoy second helpings every week. So pull up a chair, find your nearest spoon, and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment. If you have any allergies, please inform a waiter. Text message keeps you informed about the British tech landscape, tech landscape, but let's check in with our friend Tom Merritt at Daily Tech News Show and hear what's been happening in the wider world of tech this week. Daily Tech News Show, we followed the breaking news of the Galaxy Fold Z, as in why it was breaking and why it's actually not as bad a situation as the Galaxy Fold was. We look back on 30 years of Photoshop. Is it still worth it these days? Speculate on what it might mean if Apple loosens up its lock on defaults in iOS and talk with David Ginsburg about how he replaced his laptop with a tablet. And he does a lot of IT. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Thank you to our patrons supporting us every week. Um, We had a great episode of Extra Message, I think. And I only say that not because it was entirely written and read by me, but because people listened to it and told me it was great. Um, That was all about the inner workings of what a journalist does at a show like Mobile World Congress. We mentioned it at the top of the show, but it's still out there. Patreon.com forward slash UK Tech. And thank you to everyone joining us in our live stream this week. We had a good crowd uh, in our Discord, and you can join them by becoming a patron. Ian, I have just about two mouthfuls of this cucumber spinach um, 
blueberry water and apple smoothie left to finish so i'm gonna say goodbye how's it how's it tastes good it tastes better than you think it certainly tastes better than it looks um i think i might similarly make myself a smoothie this afternoon excellent well i'm i'm off uh for for a swallow 